Welcome to Experience This, where you'll find inspiring examples of customer experience, great stories of customer service, and tips on how to make your customers love you even more. Always upbeat and definitely entertaining, customer retention expert Joey Coleman and social media expert Dan Gingas serve as your hosts for a weekly dose of positive customer experience. So hold on to your headphones. It's time to experience this. Get ready for another episode of the Experience This Show. Join us as we discuss whether some customers should get better service than others the keys to employee learning and development, and another example of using packaging to make a great first impression. Premium, curriculum, and packaging. Um, oh my! We usually see eye to eye, except when we don't. See if you find yourself siding with Dan or Joey as we debate a hot topic on this segment of Agree to Disagree. It's been a long time since we've done one of our segments called Agree to Disagree. 23 episodes scoring at home. (laughs) Woo! That is a long time. And we know you're all scoring at home. You know, it kind of reminds me of... I don't know if you used to watch The Price is Right or not, but that was one of my favorite game shows. (laughs) I love love that you have a favorite game show. (laughs) Oh, I I have many game shows I watch. It's no no whammies. Come on, press your luck, man. Press your luck was wonderful. That's amazing. Joker's Wild, Tic Tac. I could go on for a while. Yes, Wheel of Fortune. But anyway, in Price is Right, there was this game called Punch Out, which I used to love, where you had to answer a bunch of grocery questions and there was this big board of circles that you could punch out. It was like paper. And then inside was a little card that Bob would pull out. And after you made your five punches, he would go through and tell you you know, what you won. And one of the punches was worth $10,000. Anyway, I loved that game, but it seemed like they never, ever played it. And so I was thinking about that when I was realizing that it's been way too long since we played <laughs> Agree to Disagree. The problem is we just agree too much. I know. Let's stop agreeing, Joey. Let's stop agreeing. I don't think we agree More too much. More hostility on You're this wrong. show. More disagreement. That's what we need. Anyway, we got an audio message from one yeah. of our listeners. We love the audio messages from our listeners. Yes, we sure do. You know how he did that, Joey? He went to www.experiencetheshow.com. He clicked on contact in the upper right-hand corner, and he followed the instructions thereafter. And it was so easy for him to leave his message. Now, full disclosure... Corey DeCluson is a former work colleague of mine. He's an awesome guy, super smart. And he shared a story with us that I think is going to make a terrific agree to disagree debate. Because, well, Joey, I kind of know you. And this is one where we're going to end up on different sides of the issue. Interesting. I love the fact that you think you know where we're going to end up on this because I have no idea where we're going. You know, folks, being podcast partners is a lot like being married. You spend so much time together, you really get to know the person, or at least you think you get to know the person. That's right. So let's start by hearing Corey's story. Hey, Dan and Joey. This is Corey DeClusen. I was listening to a podcast you guys recorded a couple of weeks ago where you guys were talking about self-service versus the service rep experience and all the customer experiences around that. It got me thinking, and here's my scenario. I recently hit diamond status on Delta Airlines, and the diamond customer service phone line is absolutely fantastic. They're smart, they get it, they're empathetic, they know how to solve problems. And my question is, that I'd like your guys' opinion on, is why not just do this for everybody? Is it really that expensive? 
And then my thinking, in my opinion, on using a tool where you can just do things yourself on the self-service side, having an app like an airline app to make flight changes and things like that is absolutely fantastic because it gives you all the choices. You have all the power in your hands. And using a customer phone in line or a customer service rep is great when there are certain nuances that have to go on with that decision. Love to get your guys' thoughts on this. Thanks so much. So the second part of Corey's message about the self-service capabilities in the app, I think we'd both agree on that one, right, Joey? I agree. Yes, for sure. And I guess, to be honest, I'm surprised to see my beloved Delta Airlines falling behind in this category or in any area for that matter. In fact, I recently used that app myself to make a flight change in app, but it was because of bad weather. So I don't know if that kind of gets a different treatment or is a different functionality. But anyway, I'm guessing you want to debate the first part of Corey's message then. Excellent deductive skills, Joey. (laughs) Yeah. So this idea of premium customer service where the so-called elite customers get better service than regular customers. I'm going to let you start. What do you think? Well, here's the thing. I think all customers should be treated well. I think Dan and I would agree on that. But I do think if you are a more regular customer, if you are buying more premium products, that kind of recognizing the impact that you have on the business and treating you accordingly with extra perks and extra attention, I think is absolutely positively not only acceptable, but should be mandatory in your organization. Well, extra perks is one thing, but he's talking about better customer service. So you call into the 800 number, the toll-free number, and you either get a really well-trained rep that you know is going to bend over backwards to help you or somebody who's their first week on the job doesn't really know the business and is not particularly helpful. And obviously, I'm being a little... <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a little that's a stretch. You know, what happens, I think, with an airline like Delta, and I, like Corey, am also a diamond flyer on Delta, which for those who don't fly Delta, that means you log 125,000 miles or more per year in the air with the airline you actually get a separate phone number you call. So yeah, you're getting someone who acknowledges that you're a diamond level member. They're probably better trained. They have more flexibility. They waive fees. They do things like that. And I don't think that you're getting a bad experience if you're not. But for example, when I call in, I have a tendency to know, I don't want to sound like an egomaniac, but I know their system pretty well. I know their flights pretty well. I know their configurations of their planes pretty well because I spend a lot of time on their planes. So I'll do things like say, I want the direct flight from Denver to LA that leaves at 12.04 and I'd love to do an aisle seat if it's the 2-3 configuration. If it's the 3-3 configuration, go ahead and put me in a window. And the ability to say that and quickly move through and get exactly what I need, I feel like is a perk that comes from spending so much time on their airline. Wait a second. So in the three, three configuration, you like the window? See, we- no, I was just using oh, okay. that as an example. Yeah, I like the aisle no yeah, matter what. I'm taking the aisle that, no matter what. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Extra people just, to just, climb over. We're just role-playing here, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm always taking the aisle seat if I can get it. I, so I'm am I. I was just hoping to find something else we could disagree on. But okay. <laughs> no. No, you know what? That's not entirely true. My wife, who's a loyal listener, would call me out on this. I do take the window seat if my flight leaves before 8 a.m. Because I want to fall asleep. I want to lean up against the window and sleep instead of leaning up against my neighbor. Fantastic. So here's my problem. 
I think that this is a slippery slope. And I think that the airlines are actually a really good example of that. And for a moment, I'm a frequent flyer as well, not nearly as frequent as you are. And so I've actually had the experience, especially since there are both American and United kind of have hubs in Chicago. I end up flying both sometimes. And currently, and this has gone back and forth over the years, but currently I have elite status on American and not on United. And so I actually have the ability to compare and contrast the experience. And it is unbelievably different. And I think, you know, you may not see that, Joey. Delta, you would feel it even more because Delta is consistently rated as the top airline domestically for business travelers. And I think the experience is even better than being an elite traveler on United. And I'm a guy who lives Denver's my home airport. That's a major hub for United. And yet I choose to fly Delta and take a layover almost everywhere I go. We know you love Delta, but that isn't my point. My point is, is when I'm flying without status, something that you don't do very often, I'm sure, the experience is far, far worse. And yet, I actually could be paying more for my ticket than you. Right. I mean, it's definitely feasible. It's possible. Right? It's definitely that, feasible. Yeah. Right. So, as somebody who, frankly, gets upgraded to first class about nine times out of 10 and almost always buys a coach class ticket, yeah, nine times out of 10, I may be paying less, even though I'm sitting up front. But I'm sitting up front because I got upgraded because I fly so much, right? And, which and, I appreciate, so, which makes me always buy my ticket with them. But once again, so we're, ta- we're talking about the difference between perks and service, right? So A, you're pissed if you don't get into first class at that one time out of 10. You're pissed, right? No, I well, actually, I can understand what folks might think. I'm not. I'm just like, wow, I, I didn't get lucky this time. But I don't think the service, and maybe I'm naive, at least on Delta, I can't speak to the other brands, that I don't feel the service is that much different. For example, Delta, not too long ago, decided that all of the entertainment on the plane is free. Everybody gets the entertainment. It used to be historically first class got entertainment for free. Everybody else paid if you wanted to watch a movie. Now, everything's free. And so I think they are leveling the field to make it that the base experience, the non-elite experience, is being elevated while continuing to add on the perks for the more regular flyers. Yeah, and I think that's great. That we can agree on, I think, is is the right path. I think the flip side of it is, you know, I bought a very expensive ticket, but I'm not a lead on an airline, which means that I can't get into the plane on group one, two, three, four, five, six, or seven, which means by the time they call me, there's no more upper, you know, baggage space in the upper bin. So now I've got to check my bag. By the way, I'm sitting in in row 59 because that's the only thing that's available. <laughs> right, like and right. it's I mean, that's what I'm saying when I'm saying that the that the whole service experience is far different. Now, what Corey's talking about is then when I call customer service and have a question or a problem, I'm also getting substandard service. And I think this is where, to me, the slippery slope is, is that once you decide in one place that it's okay to offer somebody worse service, then it becomes okay to do that in other places. And again, I want to make the distinction between substandard service and extra perks. I think it's absolutely fine that if not all the seats are taken in first class, that they upgrade their most frequent flyers. I mean, when I get upgraded, which is not nearly as many as nine times out of 10, I'm thrilled as well. I think it's a great perk. And really what it is, is it's the airline saying, thank you for your loyalty. And I have no issue with that. 
at all. It's more this question of, shouldn't the airline train all of their customer service agents or all of the, the same? Think of it if you were on the plane and the flight attendants were trained to be nice to the elite customers and to be rude to the non-elite customers, right? I mean, it's ridiculous. Right, right. Fair, fair enough. No, I, I don't disagree with that. But here's the thing. This is where I think there might be a, a flawed presumption in our analysis. If a tree falls in the woods and no one's there to hear it, does it make a sound? Would you know that the non-elite experience was subpar if you had never had the elite experience? Well, that's a great question. If you call into the call center and you have to wait on hold a little bit longer as opposed to it getting picked up right away. And if it takes them a little longer to find you out and they're not as inclined to waive the printed change ticket fees and things like that, all the perks that come from being more of a premium or a regular customer or a loyal customer, I don't think that necessarily the non-premium experience is subpar. I just think that the premium experience, once you've had it, is so much better that they actually what they've done is brilliant because I regularly will pay more to fly on Delta because I want to continue to maintain my status. Yeah, and I think that... In fact, I think we talked about my mileage run, right, that I did at the end of last year to maintain my status. I don't remember if we volunteered in the episode that it was a mileage run, but when I talked about going to Japan, that was a yes, mileage Yes, you run. did drop that in, and I, I forgot to, yeah, you to know call I mean? you on that. <laughs> Maybe you didn't call me on it then, but that was very much designed to make sure that I maintain the diamond status because I spend two and a half weeks out of the month on Yes, yeah, so I think what I'd like to see if I were the analytics person here would be, let's look at the Venn diagram of people who are elite and have always been elite are going to stay elite, people who are not elite flyers and who are never going to be elite flyers, and that middle area, which is actually me, which is kind of people that go back and forth between being elite and not being elite. Those are the customers that are seeing those differences. And, and you're right that it's not that the non-elite is bad, but in comparison, it pales so much that it 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 does leave you wanting have you you know had you been there before. So very it's an interesting debate. And I maybe we're not quite as on opposite sides as I was hoping we were, but I, I think there's still some differences of opinion here in terms of and I was actually reminded of an earlier episode where we talked about Universal Studios and you wanted to pay extra for the parking spot that was closer in. And I was like, hell no, I already spent a whole lot of money on the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> not paying anymore for parking, right? And so there is sort of this willingness to pay extra for service, which is something that I am, am not willing to do. Anyway, Joey, until next time, I guess we will just have to agree, agree to, disagree. to disagree. There are so many great customer experience articles to read, but who has the time? We summarize them and offer clear takeaways you can implement starting tomorrow. Enjoy this segment of CX Press, where we read the articles so you don't need to. Hot off the presses, our good friends at Cytel comes this episode, CX Press article called 10 Learning and Development Trends for 2019. Now, as you no doubt know by now, Cytel is a great partner of the experience this show this season, providing us with cutting edge research on customer experience and consumer behavior trends. And this new article from Cytel's Learning Tribes Group discussed all the ways a company should be focusing on employee training this year. It includes things like soft skills, on-demand learning, and learning through mobile and social channels. 
So have you figured out, listeners, that Dan and I are going to be doing a live audience recording of the experience of this show at Cytel's Empower CX event in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, April 9, 10, and 11? Are you going to come join us? Are you going to come be part of the show? Tickets are free. All right, but I digress. It seems only fitting that we start with trend number three on the list, lifelong learning. Ongoing learning throughout an employee's tenure is a major topic within most HR departments, and increasingly, employees are being expected to play a key role in their own professional development, with many organizations tracking an LLL score, or lifelong learner score, measuring how committed an individual is to his or her own personal and professional development. Now, companies are using this score as a way to indicate development and employability within their workforce. And I know I personally, and I know Dan strives to be a lifelong learner. And what I love about this approach to learning and training is it gives learners autonomy and control over their own journey. Companies are equipping their employees with content and resources so that employees can reach their own goals, which is a nice blend of activities reminiscent of the line from the movie Jerry Maguire help me help you. As the learners complete courses and gain skills within the organization, they accumulate points towards their lifelong learning score. And the higher the score, the higher the employee's value is to the organization. You had me at hello, Joey. (laughs) I see what you did there. That was nice. Now, another trend noted by Cytel is the focus on the learner experience. They talk about how it's important to engage the learner and keep the engagement level high that you need to create a more intuitive, simple, and interactive experience. And that a personalized journey with rich content keeps people more interested. And if I can quote the report for a moment, a good customer experience attracts loyal repeat customers. And the same notion should be applied to the learner experience. If employees have a great experience during their training, they'll be more knowledgeable, confident, and inclined to perform well. And while there are indeed 10 trends, the last one that we're able to emphasize or highlight in this segment of the show is adaptive learning. This is where we emphasize the importance of big data and we use data integrations to enhance digital learning and create a training suite that is adapted and adaptable to the level and needs of the learner. So the way this works is by using algorithms to tra- to track and trace the learner activity, the adaptive learning model allows organizations to serve learners' content in real time based on their level of expertise and their interest. So similar to a video game, the learner journey moves according to the learner's performance and activities with the goal of keeping the engagement high and keeping the game going. So we're fortunate to have Aaron Schwartzberg, the Chief Operating Officer of Learning Tribes, share his favorite trend as well. Let's take a listen. Out of our 10 L&D trends this year, the one that stood out to me the most is content curation. Studies show that employees face difficulties in learning not because of a lack of content, but because there's too much of it. The average employee spends over nine hours per week searching for information, which is valuable time that should be spent on the job training, especially in the customer experience world. This is why we offer the Content Curation Solution, a platform that sorts and serves the best information to fit the learner's needs. For L&D departments, having an automated process for sourcing, classifying, and streamlining engaging content is not only helpful, but central to learning program strategies and the development of employees. 
To learn more about these trends and the six other emerging trends that we didn't get the chance to cover in this discussion, head over to explore.citel.com slash experience this. That's explore.citel.com slash experience this. Don't worry, you can always find that link in our show notes. And get ready to up your game when it comes to your learning and development initiatives for 2019. You listen to us. Now we want to listen to you. By visiting our website and sharing your remarkable customer experiences with us, we can share them with a broader audience. Now sit back and enjoy our listener stories. I wanted to revisit a topic we addressed a few weeks ago in episode 56 about product packaging. So Jeremy Hyde, a member of the CX Accelerator group that I'm a member of and an advisor to, and you should definitely check them out at cxaccelerator.com, shared a story recently about his wife's new keto diet. Now, for those who don't know, the keto diet is a high-fat, high-protein, low-carb diet that's supposed to teach the body to burn fats instead of carbohydrates. Let's hear Jeremy's story. A while back, my wife started a keto diet, and she went online and she ordered some different food options um, that were keto-friendly. And so a couple days later, there was a bunch of packages and boxes that had arrived from different vendors and companies, and all of them kind of arrived in nondescript brown cardboard boxes, uh, just kind of the usual packaging. But there was one that stood out that had this really colorful uh, packaging. It seemed to be a nicer material. And all over this thing, there were really just kind of fun and funny messages like, warning, this product may cause jealousy, and things like that. So the, uh, the experience started out pretty strong um, from the time we were opening the packaging. But what really took it to the next level was... One, there was a note in the box from the CEO with his email address on it. And then two, we noticed that a couple of the products had actually gone bad. My wife emailed the CEO. He responded promptly and actually decided to um, just replace the entire order free of charge. Um, So it really, it was a great experience. And uh, while we don't remember who the vendors were or what the food was that showed up in the cardboard boxes, we sure remember this one and told our friends. So first of all, the company Jeremy mentions has an amazing name. It's called Fat Snacks. That's (laughs) (laughs) That's such a great name. It's such a great name. I love it. It is. And and not only that, it's F-A-T-S-N-A. X clearly. Ooh, nice. And their the slogan is version spelling of snacks. Their slogan is eat fat to get fit. And by the way, that note that he mentioned was a handwritten note from the founder of Fat Snacks, Jeffrey Fries. I love it. I love it. I love it. This is great. We include some pictures of the product packaging on the show notes at experiencethisshow.com, episode 61. But in addition to the handwritten note, which everybody knows I'm a huge fan of, what I love is the bottom of the box. So if you look at the bottom of the box, what they've written there is, look at you looking at the bottom of the box. We're impressed, though the answers you seek are inside the box. It's clever. It's entertaining. It's kind of a wink-wink to the customer. You know, these type of things require very little effort to implement. 
And once they do, you create these tiny little moments of engagement, of surprise and delight for your customers. I love the way Fat Snacks is doing this. Well, and what I love about it is also that it costs almost nothing to add some printing to various parts of the box. I mean, the box... In fact, in most cases, it actually costs no no more. It could be zero, right? In most instances, it's actually zero. Yes, I'm sure that, you know, if you don't know, the boxes start off flat and they're printed on either one side or both sides. So if you're printing on either or both sides, you could just keep printing in different areas and adding some clever, friendly language that improves the customer experience can be free, but it can make such a difference. I mean, I love free. I'm a big fan of free, but this is also something that is shareable as Jeremy obviously did because he talked about it in the CX Accelerator Slack channel. And now we're sharing about it here on the podcast, but it's also just as easily shareable on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, Snapchat, all the places where your potential customers are. And we're she isn't. <laughs> Sorry, I was going to say it before you did. Ah, that's just Twitter. You're you're pretty decent on some of the other <laughs> channels. On some of the others, yeah, that's true. But as I, I've been a marketer for 20 years, and word of mouth marketing is one of those elusive things that all marketers are chasing. And the thing that I love about an incredibly powerful customer experience is that it's right there for the taking. That's how you create word of mouth marketing. You don't have to go pay influencers to do it. You just have to create an experience that people want to talk about. And so I always like to say that a remarkable customer experience can be your best marketing. What I think is hopefully something that all of our listeners have learned as our show episode after episode. What we try to highlight are the things that are actually fairly easy to do if you're willing to just think a little bit differently. It's not like you need to make investments in millions and millions of dollars or dozens of human hours. It's just about looking at the things you're already doing and saying, could we tweak these slightly to make them more fun? to make them more engaging, to make them more special, to make them more remarkable. It doesn't require a lot to get people talking when the bar for customer experience is lying on the ground and your ability to raise that with small little activities is actually fairly easy. So good luck. Get out there and do it. And when you do, leave us a little message on the website so that we can feature you in a future episode of Experience This. We've talked... You've listened. Now it's time to act. There are many things you could do to take what you've learned in this episode and implement it. But at times, that can feel overwhelming. Instead, why not just focus on three takeaways? Takeaway number one. Do all of your customers receive the same level of customer service? Why or why not? The great thing about our Agree to Disagree segments is that there's not necessarily a right answer. You must do what's right for your customers. Have you looked at the level of service you're providing to different segments of customers? Does it make sense for you to treat all customers the same or to spend a little more on your highest value customers? Try asking those high value customers what's important to them in the customer experience. And when in doubt, just agree with Joey. So takeaway number two, are you committed to lifelong learning, both for yourself and your employees? Listening to the experience this show is a great start. Thanks so much. Reading books and articles, taking virtual training classes, and attending conferences are also great ways to increase your knowledge in a particular area. But beyond your personal learning, what are you doing to help your colleagues learn? Be sure to share what you learn with your team so that everyone can benefit from the training and ask others to do the same. 
You can also put together an internal book club. And by the way, Dan and I are happy to make guest appearances via video if you have a book club with one of our books to get everyone on the same page, so to speak. Takeaway number three. Are you taking advantage of every opportunity to provide a remarkable customer experience? Fat Snacks spent just a little bit more time and likely no extra money to make their packaging fun to read and explore. The result is that a new customer is impressed with the company and its CEO before even trying the product. We've all been taught that you only have one chance to make a first impression. So take a look at how customers are perceiving you during their very first interaction. And those are the three takeaways for this episode. But before we go, have you thought about joining me and Dan at the Empower CX Conference in sunny Fort Lauderdale, Florida next month? We'd love to see you IRL in real life, as Dan and his social media friends might say. To score your free tickets, see, I like free too, Dan. Go to explore.citel.com slash experience this. That's explore.citel.com slash experience this. We'll also post the link to that in the show notes at experiencethisshow.com, episode 61. See you next week. Wow! Thanks for joining us for another episode of Experience This. We know there are tons of podcasts to listen to, magazines and books to read, reality TV to watch. We don't take for granted that you've decided to spend some quality time listening to the two of us. We hope you enjoyed our discussions, and if you do, we'd love to hear about it. Come on over to experiencethisshow.com and let us know what segments you enjoyed, what new segments you'd like to hear. This show is all about experience, and we want you to be part of the Experience This Show. Thanks again for your time, and we'll see you next week for more Experience This. Experience This.